This scripture reading and the following address were part of the YouTube streamed worship service from St Paul's Lutheran Church, Box Hill, Victoria, Australia, on November 27, 2022. For more information, visit www.stpaulsboxhill.org.au. Jesus said, But about that day and hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as in the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Our theme today is Wake Up to Hope, which we we hear about waking up or being awoken in a couple of our readings today. And we're going to pick it up particularly from the second reading that Karen read in Romans chapter 13 and beyond in the book of Romans. Have you got your Christmas gifts already? I've got a suggestion for you, as the next slide just jumps up. Anyone in the market for a tattoo, do you think? (laughs) I'm not suggesting these should be Christmas gifts at all, but um, these are hope tattoos that live on one one on my wrist and the other one on my wife's wrist. And I couldn't resist the fact that hope is also the first Sunday in Advent. The theme for our Advent journey beginning is cross-shaped hope. And that's what we've got on the screen there. That's what it's attempting to show. I'm not suggesting that tattoos are a good or bad thing, by the way, but we got them um, in the middle of the year as part of a thanksgiving to God and a reflection and a reminder for us for a journey that my wife Sue had been on. She'd been very, very ill and God had brought her to a different place. And I thank God that she's in a good place today. An important part of hope for us during that journey was a reading in Romans in particular. And I'm going to share that reading with you now. It goes like this. And listen in, if you will, listen in for hope. It goes like this. Therefore, since we are justified, that is that since God has made us right through faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. We stand in the place of grace. We walk wet, just with like Elkie and Tully today. And we boast in our hope of sharing in the glory of God, our hope. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings. That doesn't sound like much of a thing to boast in. Knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, 
because God's love has been poured into our hearts. It's a beautiful imagery for us today too as we pour things into our Advent vase and as we pour the water into the font because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. These particular verses brought Sue and I um, a a wonderful cross-shaped hope that no matter what, whatever her journey was going to bring, we knew that God had us. I knew that God had Sue. The God who came to earth that we're going to celebrate at Christmas time as a baby at Bethlehem, the same God who goes to a cross for you and me, was the God who promised that I'm with you always, whatever those mountains and those valleys are going to look like. Sue's sickness, I have to say, hand on heart, was a real wake-up call for me spiritually. Wake up, O sleeper, it seemed that God was saying to me in the midst of, you know, a bunch of news coming that, you know, I was a rabbit in the headlights. Have you ever had one of these wake-up calls from God, I wonder? We began this season of Advent with a litany, that is, a, a shared prayer for hope. That's what we prayed for together. And this first Sunday in this season of Advent calls us to wake up to be alert, to be ready for the coming of Jesus. Advent season helps us to prepare for Christmas beautifully, as Marlene wonderfully portrayed for us with some of the the things that we can do to help us get ready for for Christmas. Um, We have a tradition at our place where on the first Sunday of Advent we put up our Christmas tree. I'm going to toddle off down to the Scouts after worship today, get our Christmas tree and away we go. But God in our readings calls us not just to prepare for Christmas, yes, prepare for Christmas, but prepare our hearts spiritually for the whole journey. Wake up and be alert is the message. That's the message in the book of Romans in chapter 13 that Karen read for us. You know what time it is, God's saying. How it is now the moment for you, you collectively people, to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Be awake. As Christmas approaches, it seems that there are some of us who get very organised, and I wouldn't count myself among uh, that group of people, but get organised for Christmas. You know, our our, our Christmas celebrations, um, the gift giving, a lot of good energy goes into it, a lot of good planning. And it's a good thing. I mean, we do it, out of love often, and most times I can tell, for for people around us, people that we love. Similarly, in life, we can get ourselves very organised. I can organise myself probably better financially or with a career path. I can eat healthily and live a good lifestyle. But my friends, today I've got to ask you, are you investing spiritually, both for yourself and those people that you love? Our readings today actually challenge us in this very space. Prepare, yes, for Christmas, but prepare for each day as a a person that walks a journey with Jesus. In our reading from Romans chapter 13, we are called to wake up. And I just want want you to note a couple of things about this call to wake up. Number one is that Paul says this, uh, for those English scholars out there better than me, it's, it's a passive verb. That is, be woken up, be awakened. 
be awakened by whom? Now, in the Bible, when we come across these verbs, they're always, if well, 999 times out of 1,000, pointing us to one who's going to do the work in and for us. They point us to God. Be awoken by God. God is the actor in our baptisms. God is the actor when we, in, in the words that are spoken to us as the Spirit works in us. So be ready, uh, people. That's the call this Advent season. And Paul's saying, because he uses this verb elsewhere in Romans, if we go to Romans chapter 6, and Romans chapter 6 actually informs what we did this morning as Tully and Elke were baptised. Our baptism rites in the Lutheran Church of Australia and in all the mainline churches are based on these words in Romans chapter 6, where Paul says, we have been buried, we said something along these lines this morning, we have been buried with Jesus by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father so too we, we might walk a new life. We might walk a new way. Paul's call to you and me today, I think, at least in part, is saying, know who you are, know whose you are, and be who you are, but be active in it. As I say, Sue's sickness reminded me just how fragile life can be. When um, Tully was born, it was a very sensitive time, being born many weeks premature. God calls us then to be who we are, be alert. And I'm going to simply encourage us in one particular way today, one thing for you to take away, if you will. I'm going to call on our first reading in Isaiah chapter 2 to do this. In Isaiah chapter 2, God is calling all people to himself. God is calling all people to this Mount Zion, which wasn't much of a mountain, by the way, but this is where God chose to put his temple. And in that calling, he said, all people will come to me, and it reminds me of you know, the, Jesus as the new living temple, if you will. When he was lifted up on the cross, he said, I, when I'm lifted up, will draw all people to myself. This is the call, isn't it, to, to come to Jesus. What does all of this mean for us as we start up and as we're awoken to, to cross-shaped hope today? Well, Isaiah speaks a very specific thing that I'd like you to take away with you, if you would. He says, He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up the sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. Isaiah paints this amazing picture of God turning weapons of mass destruction into weapons which build up. Weapons which build up people. Weapons which build up community. Weapons which bring hope. Not if button may be hope, but sure hope. The other hope sign signal uh, thing that I wear, so hope on, on my arm with my tattoo, hope on this arm with my um, wristband. This is a wristband that's worn by um, some people who believe that, as we, in the Lutheran Church, as we read the Bible and as we read our teachings, that both women and men can be ordained to be pastors in our church. Now, I'm not going to speak about that particular aspect, other than to say that our congregation is, has brought a, a good proposal, I think, to the, the rest of the church when we meet. 
But I want to pick up on this aspect that this is a very sensitive issue. And sometimes it brings us to not places of peace, but places of, you know, uh, you know, pushing up against one another, if you will. God calls us to a place of bringing something better. In our case, for example, we're saying that as God's people, we sit under God's authority and sit at his feet, and he has um, authority in the word. But we've come to two different places in the Lutheran Church of Australia as to what that word says. We, we think it's a, a call to hope and a, a timely call that we ask the church to consider that we've, we've wrestled well there and now is a time to, to live together, to remain together, but practice two ways of ordination. And I believe this is a good thing so that we might continue to bring the gospel to Elkie and Tully and people of that generation and every generation, those to come. It's also a call to us, I think, as we live in community. Um, some of you might have heard um, just in recent days of the reconciliation barometer. I don't know, hands up if you know, if you've heard of that or know what that might be. Reconciliation, a few hands go up. Let me tell you, that's a, um, it's a, 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 a study that's taken every two years about the journey of closing the gap in, in our society. The most recent one, and some words were said about this this last week, said that 60% of those First Nations people who were interviewed in that survey, in that study, said that they'd um, fought, received some form of racial prejudice in the past six months. And that, that was a figure that had gone up from previous studies. Now, I'm not saying here that you are doing any of this. That's not my intent. But all I'm saying is, is there a positive way that we can speak of cross-shaped hope into that aspect, for example, in our society. Can I, in that regard, commend to you too, in our, in our Lutheran Church of Australia website, there's some lovely work that's been done in this space. If you go to the Lutheran Church of Australia and if you just want to put in, um, uh, I'm not sure what you put in, but you'll find it and I can help you find it. Um, but I think it's a good thing for us to consider our witness in the community and how we bring cross-shaped peace. And then thirdly, in our own lives, I think. This wake-up call in our personal relationships also. You know, as we come to Christmas, we can often experience that where there is already a difficulty in a relationship, it's only made, you know, ten times exacerbated around the time of Christmas. We're told that um, family and domestic violence takes an upshoot at this time of the year. May I encourage you to consider who you might be called to bring cross-shaped hope and peace to. For some people who are doing it tough with their health at this time of the year, it's, it's also a hard time. Who is God calling you today to bring that cross-shaped hope? And I'd simply like to commend to you some of the other words that Paul uses in the book of Romans. And these words come just before our second reading today in Romans chapter 12. And maybe this could be our shared place of um, circling back to bring cross-shaped hope. Paul says, let love be genuine. Love one another with mutual affection. In fact, outdo one another in showing honour. Don't lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. 
Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Don't rule it over people. Don't be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Don't repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble, what's good in the sight of all. And if at all possible, so far as it depends on you, live in peace with each other. All this is possible because of the peace brought in the cross-shaped hope of the gift of God in Jesus Christ. My dear fellow followers of Jesus, one part of our call to wake up to cross-shaped hope. There'll be many parts, I'm sure, for your journeys. May God give you the wisdom, the peace, the endurance and the hope to be then actively who you are, people of cross-shaped hope. Amen. And God's peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus to life everlasting. <laughs>